Uh, well, then... no, you can't. We just, <laughs> can't we have the accepted <laughs> that that scribble is a downed character. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's... I've taken to labeling stuff when we draw on the mat. Totally fine. Which There's a squiggle and a right table. Right. And, yeah. Right. So now we're talking about adding like tons and tons of prep for, I think, very little reward. Uh, and I have to buy a TV that goes into my table. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's great if I want to eat and watch Frasier at the same time. <laughs> Frasier. Just pulled That's, something out. Why do you need to look at the food you're eating? Like, what, I don't know. Is spaghetti that challenging? It's like, I can't keep my eyes well, off these meatballs that are going to get away. Well, no, I can but play. But this dry Frasier humor is also captivating. I can play some Welcome to Monsters and Multiclass, your weekly Dungeons and Dragons fix. I'm Kevin Odie. I'm Jared Bornigal. And I'm Will Melvin. And we'll be hanging out with you for the next hour to talk about anything and everything D&D related. This week, we're looking at the Cleric Wizard Multiclass, and then later on, the Cybriex from Mordekainen's Tome of Boat. So pull up a chair and stick around. All right, so this week we're taking a look at the Cleric Wizard multiclass. Uh, the Cleric is a full spellcaster uh, of the Holy Order, uh, usually a devout follower of some specific god uh, who grants them spellcasting and religious capabilities beyond normal priest means. Uh, the Wizard is an arcane master, a uh, studier of lore and has learned to weave the arcane fabric to their will. Uh, so the requirements for these two classes are cleric, you need to have a wisdom of 13, and wizard, you need to have an intelligence of 13. So same as the one we did last week, actually. That's uh, same as druid wizard. Um, oh, we're doing a wizard again. I guess that makes it pretty simple. Uh, <clears throat> all right, well, first thoughts. We're going to turn it over to Will, who's, let me guess, going to hate it. Not thrilled, guys. <laughs> We've got another uh, split caster. There is a spectrum of full casters with various intelligence stats. Once again, we are straddling two. Uh, the cleric, even thematically as a caster, generally is a more mixed role. They've got support. They've got melee. They're supposed to be a little bit closer to the fray than a wizard's supposed to. Uh, I don't know. There's not a whole lot going for this class, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with Will. I think there's a couple decent ways you could go about it, but it's more like a dip into something than a true full multi-class. And then when you're dipping in a cleric, that's really hard to justify roleplay wise because it's power is given to you from a god saying, you are my cleric, you are my hands on this earth, and you will go forth and do my bidding, and in return, here are all these powers. Yeah, yeah, I'm just here for two levels just to get these two things. I'm going back and, you know, I'm fucking off of wizard stuff. Like, it's hard to justify. Um, I'm not saying we'll have to talk about how we can justify it, but... What the hell? Can you do that? Well, you're the god who gave him the powers. If you're mad, you can fix this. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's... No, I think um, uh, I, I'm definitely on the same page. We talked about this last episode as well, but I'll say it again for our first timers tuning in uh so the anytime you have a spellcaster uh full spellcaster multi-class uh you're really only going to thrive if you have the same spellcasting modifier so right off the bat we're splitting those two into wisdom and intelligence so we're gonna find uh, probably some some difficulties with that uh, i think the yeah. first thing that is good is being able to uh find other spells so you're getting cleric spells which are pretty you know, healing spells their support spells where wizard spells you get a lot of the damage battlefield control i mean really everything just besides healing spells um so that's one good thing right off the rip is that you get some healing spells as a wizard um i think you're going to be hard pressed to as you said dip into cleric it's really not a class that role-playing wise lends itself to dipping into really quick and then just never looking at again uh, if you did that and acted outside of whatever God was giving you these powers will, uh, it would probably just strip them away and say, no, you don't, you don't get to do that anymore. There's also a couple of subclasses for cleric that kind of do what a wizard would do anyways, role-playing wise, less so mechanically. Uh, there's like an arcana. Yeah. There's an yeah. arcana domain, uh, which again, it doesn't give you too many spells, but it takes away your need to have an intelligence modifier. 
uh, which is good. And you also get potent spell casting at level eight, which is nice with that. So you're basically only going to use your cleric cantrips over your wizard cantrips. And this is this is a big big problem with this is everything in cleric is cleric. Yeah, this improves your cleric X, Y, or Z. So yeah, your potent spell casting you're not going to be stacking that if you take anything else. Right. Um, arcane domain at level seventeen, you do get a uh, arcane mastery, which is really high level. Um, but arcane mastery lets you choose four spells off of the wizard list from levels six, seven, eight, and nine, um, which is is nice. I think ninth is included in that. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's that's really good and you probably don't need to go wizard because of that. There's no wizard spells from one to five that are so good. It's really worth dipping into for 10 levels, nine levels, I guess to get that, those five levels of, of wizard. Um, flavor wise, there's gotta be something here. <laughs> see, that's, I can see <laughs> committing into a cleric. I could see you're a wizard who has some sort of life events that get you in contact with one of the gods of the realm and you fully devote yourself to them and they bestow cleric powers on you and then that's the path you go on. Okay, you so still- like you're talking about a, a, a event-specific thing that happens in most likely the leveling up Yeah, that from that point forward they don't reject wizarding outright but start moving towards the They don't focus on it anymore. Of, of right, so they still have that to fall back on. Right. So that would be kind of like you basically be like a dip in a wizard, but you technically start as wizard. Yeah. Which would be fine. Um, yeah, it's just really hard to justify a dip in the cleric. To yeah. like go back, and unless you try and flavor like you're a whole new thing. You're not a wizard multiclassing into cleric. You just are what you are. And the wizard powers and the cleric powers are all kind of from the same thing. It's divine power from this god. But it, you're kind of stripping away the flavor of wizard. Yeah, I mean, I guess that I I could see you getting away with on the Arcana domain and the Knowledge domain, because you're not specifically rejecting the uh, original ideals of that god. Yeah, following a wizard path probably would line up very well with an Arcana or Knowledge domain god. They would want you to do that. Right, they're like, okay, cool, like, you're still doing, like, I'm not going to give you any more of my powers, you seem like you've got it taken care of, as long as you keep trying to seek out this knowledge of, I guess, everything with the knowledge domain and with the arcane domain, just, you know, arcana. Uh, So that's that's fine, but you're definitely limited in the amount of things you can dip into cleric with that. Um, The other way around, I don't think you're as limited, but you, it just kind of feels pointless. Um, If I am, you know, 10 levels in cleric, is there really a reason for me to take a two-level dip into wizard? No, and I'll tell you why. Because clerics probably have the single most varied uh, availability of subclasses. Yeah. If you want fireball, there is a cleric way to get fireball. If you want call lightning or thunderbolt, there's a cleric way to get that. If you, for some reason, want both of these, then I guess. But clerics have so many paths you can take down to get what you want if you want a specific thing. And you just got to pick your... uh, your domain. Yeah. So going wizard is just, it's uh, having your cake and eating it too, but neither of them's quite as good as you wanted it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the cake's bad and it's gone stale. <laughs> and it looks like shit. Yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I should have like, picked. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the, uh, one of the issues with cleric is they're already a bit mad, multi-attribute dependent uh, for a class where they need to have wisdom as their spellcasting ability. They need to have, well, again, not need, but they should usually have strength or you can do a dex cleric um, because you're expected to wear armor of some sort or you are going to be up in the fray and doing some melee damage. I say most of the spell, uh, sorry, not spell, the subclasses for cleric let you add 1d8 damage to your melee attack. Uh, So, I mean, one that might work well. Uh, as we were talking about last episode, actually, was the Bladesinger. Because <laughs> yep. clerics don't ever get a second attack. But uh, that Bladesinger, the wizard subclass, gets a second attack at 6th level. 
And then clerics get to add their 1d8 damage to their melee weapon attacks. Actually, sorry, not melee weapon attacks, just weapon attacks um, at 8th level. So now we're talking 14th level to get two attacks, which most classes get at level 5. Right. Uh, And then uh, extra 2d8 if both of them hit. Just super unimpressive stuff here. That kind yeah. of super sucks. But. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that extremely <laughs> yeah. sucks. I mean, you get some other stuff along the way, so... Like a bunch like, of spell casting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> access to a lot of spells that you wouldn't get as just a wizard or just a cleric. Right. There's not a whole bunch of overlap between the spell list. That's really what it comes down to. Um, that being said, so if we're going to ignore roleplay justification for a minute here... Sure. Talking about, like, a dip into cleric. Um, like, an abjuration wizard who dips into, say, life domain or order domain is going to be really, really hard to kill. Even yeah. into one level dip. So if they're, they're abjuration and they focus on that, they get all their cool spells and they get the abjuration ward where they have temp HP and they can absorb extra hits and ha- absorb friends hits and stuff like that. And then let's say order domain. They take one level into it. They get um, proficiency of heavy armor. Um, which I think light, life domain gives as well. Yeah, there's a there's a few. Okay. Um, and then also like order domain, like that's another first level thing, the voice of authority. Starting at first level, you can invoke the, invoke the power of law to drive an ally to attack. If you cast a spell with a spell slot of first level higher, it doesn't need to be a cleric spell, just a spell, first level or higher on a target of an ally, that ally can use the reaction immediately after the spell to make a weapon attack against a creature of your choice. Like, that's decent. So that's when you cast a spell that helps an ally? Just if you cast a spell with a spell slot at first level or higher and target an ally with the spell. Okay, so anything like... To technically, I mean, you could technically do something not helpful and it'll still trigger it, but I don't so, think uh, that'd be worth it. Uh, all right, <laughs> oh, we, yeah, we're going to go a little off the rails, but it says an ally. It's obviously single target. Yeah. Would that work for multi-target too? Just like one person getting blessed, could they use their reaction? Yes. I would hmm. think it says it targets an ally. It does target an ally, but it also says that ally can use a reaction immediately. Hmm. I would. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that's probably be the common one. Next sentence, man. Yeah. Next sentence. You choose. Yep. If the spell targets more than one ally, (laughs) you choose the ally who can make the attack. That's still good. Yeah. You know, you're not losing it at least. So yeah, that's, that's important. If blessed just didn't work, that'd be dumb. But blessed now you can do it to your, uh, whoever. What do you mean? Polurderer. Yeah. You're (laughs) bringing it way back. Um, so actually I'd say that one is pretty reasonable. I don't know, again, pulling it back to the RP side, if that makes too much sense, but it's pretty nice at least being able to have heavy armor. Um, the only and biggest downside is there are strength requirements to armor. So I guess in that case, you would need to have a high strength. You would need to have 13 wisdom at least. You'd need to have 13 intelligence at least, but that would be your main spellcasting modifier, so you'd want to focus on that more. Uh, and then, you know, you're really sacrificing important stuff. Dex, constitution, and both it's, of those it's things worth are taking noting, into- having played a cleric as long, it, constitution is very critical. You have to be the last person on the battlefield to go down. <laughs> yeah. So you need high HP, and you also are o- almost always going to be concentrating on something. Yeah. This is... <laughs> at this point now, that particular build requires high stats in four areas yeah yeah i forgot about the strength requirements mm-hmm. of heavy armor that's yeah, yeah. scale mail is 13 half plate and breastplate is half plate but one if you've got heavy 15. armor you're wasting your time if you're not going after plate oh yeah for sure for sure and i mean that's nice um i guess could you do a shield and a staff is there any reason against that? No, no, of course. That's of course nice. could be one That's good. Yeah. You know, you got a, a good way to boost your AC by yeah. two. Then you need Warcaster. <clears throat> you do. To cast spells because both of them are full. Or you just use shield and empty hand. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's. You need to have <laughs> slap some people who come near you. You need to have an arcane focus of some sort. Or. So you can do. Uh, yeah, what's the rule? Uh, you Do you have to have two arcane focuses if they're different? Like the cleric, I think, can do holy symbol on his shield. You totally or do. And then you've got a wand. Yeah. Or yeah. you just go material component pouch. It's just fine, too. Either way, you need a free hand. Yeah, you jingling the pouch in front of things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Warcaster <sighs> would still be a really 
good. Could you even do Warcaster, honestly, if we're being realistic? You're chasing after so many stats. Going for a feat (laughs) is like the last thing you're going to be ready to do. Variant human? Variant human. All right, you have to be a variant human now. It's like the Bladesinger requirement. Yeah, and and even then, it's going to take you some time to get up to the useful heavy armor. Because if if we start off with the, uh, let's say... 16 and 16 in uh, intelligence and wisdom. Well, okay, let me pull back there, actually. You really don't need a high wisdom if we're doing a one-level dip into cleric. You don't. You only need it for most likely your cure wounds, your bless, things that it's nice, I guess, to get, like, an additional plus one or plus two to your cure wounds, but it doesn't matter. I mean, that's a really small amount at the end of the day. Uh so you keep that low, you keep your wisdom low, you focus on intelligence, you focus on strength, and now you have the just the dumbest wizard ever. <laughs> the weirdest wizard. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's possible, Yeah, though. I was going to say, uh, yeah, the the strength requirement really. Throws a wrench in things. For heavy armor, yeah. Um, yeah. The, in terms of some other stuff, like a uh, light domain, like has warding flare, which is pretty decent for anybody to have. You get that right at first level. Um, when you are attacked, you could, by a creature within 30 feet, you could use your reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll because you like, cause a light to flare up. That kind of works well with abjuration too. Yeah. Yeah. Abjuration at, uh, at six level, you can use, oh wait, that's your reaction as well. Well, flavor wise, it still works though. Yeah. Where uh, for abjuration at six level, you can use your reaction to put your ward on a friend. Um, yeah. Which they, the, the ward absorbs damage instead right. of them. Yeah. Uh, warding then, flare again it doesn't work with it but they role-playing wise work together yeah and then actually level six improved flare as you could then use it to impose disadvantage on a creature attacking an ally oh that doesn't come until six level yeah yeah warding flare is just you oh okay you protect yourself it's basically follows the same structure as the abjuration yeah shield first thing. and six yeah yeah then at six you could use that on other people okay so okay. just like you kind of always have a way to protect somebody. You absorb the damage until that shield is round out. Then you start using Warding Flare. I can't think of a single reason why you would rather go Abjuration Wizard and Light Domain over just Light Domain. Uh, because we run a podcast where we're forced to do multi-classes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> why did I sign up for this? We could be playing D&D right now. Instead, we're talking about multi All right, we can actually keep the uh, acronym. No, shut up. Roll Monsters and mon- monoclasses. <laughs> um, we would have ran out of episodes a long time ago. <laughs> yes, we would have. Oh, we've come up with some really cool stuff. Yeah, we have. This one... This one's just struggling a bit. Yep. Um, no, so in terms of, like, so... Arcane Ward is a really, really solid ability. That That's why you would go with it. And then yeah. also then all the wizard spells. Just increasing that... Well, we're back on what we had with the wizard druid. This is this is the spell puddle. Yeah. You've got an incredibly wide, very shallow choice of spells. Yeah, and we're back on the prepared thing. As a cleric, I've never once been like, boy, I wish I had more options. the The really big issue that comes around is the fact that both of these classes scale exponentially, and it's one hundred percent with what you're saying. Exponent, no, yeah, uh, where it starts. Li- no, 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 linearly would be like every level they get the same amount better but when it comes to late levels for wizard and cleric it starts to really scale up top level spells are really hard to lose right so just cutting those out entirely is completely gimping you um now i mean if you do these little dips sure you're getting something but low level low level abjuration ward is not that great um, it is twice your spell level plus your intelligence modifier for your starting ward. If you're only doing a two-level dip. Wizard level. Wizard twice level, your, yeah. yep. Very important. Uh, so if you're only doing like two levels into wizard, yeah. we're talking about five HP or something. If, maybe seven. I don't know. It's it's not yeah, a lot to really. Right. Maybe seven. Would... Yeah, that's worth giving my entire game. <laughs> right. That, that's really <laughs> worth not going into the last two levels of cleric. And again, we're talking about the mythical level 20 there. Um, but even you're just holding yourself back from getting those high level spells for basically nothing. Again, you're, you're getting access to some more utility spells. We haven't actually talked about this because we generally find something that works enough that it's okay, but there is definitely a mechanical downfall to missing out on seventh, eighth and ninth level spells. Yeah. And I, we don't 
we are not going to be able to do the math. And I think you'd really have to do this in practice more. But how useless is a wizard that loses out on all those spells when the rest of the party is level 20? Those spells are huge. Yeah, right. And you don't get them now. Yeah, you get a lot of other spells and you've got this huge pool of them. You can't burn them all at once. You really have to do this. Like, the action economy is not on your side when you are stuck at fifth level spells. Yeah, no, that's that's 100% true. And this yeah, this is a bad multi-class, so it's kind of like highlighting this for me. It's like, you are losing out on some of the best parts of these casters. Just yeah. to, just to what? Get maybe seven hit points as a reaction to protect your friend no not even your friend that's six level or yeah. it's just you jeez and you're okay. you're getting something that's similar with light domain at you know being able to impose disadvantage on the attack which you can get at six level and you can use it multiple times up to five times in a day if you increase just your wisdom modifier i can't justify this yeah, but it, it goes back to though how many campaigns get to twenty? They don't. Like, how many? Get we'll to, we'll this talk is about useless at ten. I'm just saying. No, <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll talk about how. Oh, this is people say this is really good multi class, but it's not because it doesn't come online to level twenty, which never happens. Now we're saying, oh, this one's not good at all because you lose stuff at level twenty. Not even level but twenty it, though. It's also not good because you don't gain anything for the entirety. Yeah. Of it. yeah. <laughs> So it's that combination that's making me kind of like think, Ugh. You are specifically holding yourself back from getting those higher level spells by dipping into something else for right. almost zero benefit. So sure, you are not actually, like even if you only do two into wizard, so you just go two, you get your first uh, arcane feature, whatever it is. Uh, well, now you are two levels behind your entire party for something that isn't that great. The wizards are not front loaded, which no. is again saying they increase exponentially. Same with clerics. Same with, well, clerics get some stuff. Clerics are front-loaded if you're looking to combine it with a martial class. Yes, yes, yes. That's okay, sure, yeah. Totally fair. I meant, yeah. Um, yeah, first level, you you get your spell casting, which is going to be pretty limited. Right. And then you pick your divine domain and your first thing with that. So you'll get some bonus proficiencies, maybe an ability. Right. So I think the only thing you're really getting thing. out of this is if you do dip into cleric, you can get medium armor. Or medium yeah. armor. Or, well... And you're screwing yourself on stats. Yeah. So, I mean, at least with the medium armor, now, okay, you can ignore uh, using your first level spell for mage armor every day. That's... I Just let me finish. (laughs) That's (laughs) such a crappy trade-off. You know, you really run out of spells. Yeah. So you do a literally one level dip into Cleric. Uh, You get some more first level spells, I guess. Not really. You increase your spell casting level the same as you would, but you right, you know, but you slow down when you can learn new spells because right. it needs to be within that classes. Right. Usually, you're not going to get too many spells outside of your actual uh, list that are going to be worth it. Say, I mean, I don't think like light domain. I'm just I still have that up, so I'm looking at it. Like fairy fire, you don't get as a wizard. I believe that's a good spell. It's yeah. a good first level spell, but is it a good dip because of that? Yeah, I mean, it comes down to that. Do you want these spells? Do you want fairy fire? Do you want guidance? Do you want bless? I think what it really do you comes want the down resurrections to? And, and healing and yeah, healing. healing. So yeah. for that, I will honestly say this is the that is the one time where this is worthwhile. If you are in a party and everybody showed up that day and nobody has any healing and you guys really care about healing, then sure you can do one level dip into cleric and completely ignore the RP ramifications. And everyone's giving me weird looks because of how dumb this sounds. <laughs> if you really care about healing, like it's just, it's not a huge part of we, five, fifth edition. Totally agree. Well, no, it can be, or it can't be. Yeah. But if you're doing the dip, it's not like you have to have a cure wounds on hand. The it's game is balanced around help. not having a healer. But at the end of the day, someone's probably going to grab some healing spells. I feel bad for the... Hell, even a ranger gets a couple. Right. I was going to say, what's the party composition where like everybody showed up as a fighter and you're a wizard? And a paladin gets... Wait, four barbarians? Are you serious, guys? (laughs) (laughs) But that's fine, though, because now nobody's taking damage. I was going to say, they're just going to wreck shit. Yeah. (laughs) There's... Until they're... You throw illithids at them. Literally any spellcaster. <laughs> 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 the only benefit is that feeble mind has zero effect on a barbarian. That's <laughs> <laughs> so mean. Oh, that's a good joke for the uh, polurderer. Oh, that uh, feeble mind would Yeah, when he walks into the cafeteria to bully the barbarian, you're like, oh, good thing feeble mind doesn't affect you. You're like, oh, thanks, bro. And everyone's laughing at the barbarian. 
He doesn't get it. <laughs> That's a callback to our Paladin Sorcerer episode. Yeah. <laughs> not far back, but not two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's not doing much for me. Um, it's yeah, it just comes if there's certain spells you're chasing. That's but at this, that's like I can't. You're right. Out of like the class features, I I'm looking through. I I can't justify. <laughs> no, a two level. We're, we're trying. It's like it, it's not bad stuff. Like oh, you get medium armor and then you get the warding flares. Like oh, that's nice. But is it really worth delaying your wizard levels? Right. Or other way around, you get a couple bit some type of HP or you know your transmuter stone. Is like is that really worth the delaying the cleric, cleric levels? Wait, I can change my uh, my copper into silver and trick bartender. Oh so. yeah, there you go. So so there we around. go. We got trickery domain and the uh, <laughs> transmutation wizard. Yeah. So I, I feel like there's like <laughs> there's definitely role play that right. lines up because right. there's so yeah, many exactly. of these each. Yeah. There's so many wizard cir- spells, not circles, schools. There we go. Yeah, and cleric domains that fulfill every little kind of role playing niche in schools of magic. It's like, yeah, there's so many ways you can line them up. The warcaster and war domain, the illusionist and trickery or um, conjuration. And I guess there's really not one for that. Um, yeah, like death domain and necromancy. Yeah, necromancy or grave domain and necromancy. Uh, for what it's worth, though, I will like say... Like Domain and Evocation. War Magic would be the only one worth doing a two-level dip into. And again, I say worth kind of hesitantly. Yeah. Um, But you at least can use your reaction now to give you plus two to your AC, plus four bonus to your saving throws. Uh, then you can't yeah. cast a spell next time. If you're... You also get a uh, bonus you, to like your you initiative. Can do a cantrip. You can do a cantrip, yeah. So, I mean, that one's really not that bad to dip into. Um. That's probably the only one that I would say could be worthwhile as a cleric to dip two into. Right. Well, if we're going the divination. I, and divination. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. my God. The divination wizards. Uh, I actually. All right. I'll give war magic. They do have a bit of front loaded stuff for a caster. Yeah. yeah. Like a cleric, especially. Yeah. But they never get and, a second And then you'll attack. get a bunch of first level cleric or wizard spells and some cantrips and take some stuff. Clerics don't the care. cantrips that's another that's another thing if you if you do dip in wizard you get cantrips that's the big thing cleric cantrips are good yeah right? especially we, now the tolls on the board yeah you know, that's d12s are pretty hard to pass up could you imagine picking anything else besides toll the dead all right we already had this conversation <laughs> sorry uh <laughs> so yeah war magic i like flavor wise i see a lot of stuff i like but not anything that feels necessary I'm not gaining anything. I'm just accepting that these two mesh well enough together. Right. So, hmm. Yeah. Was that like 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> the time was showing at 28, but we were recording a bit beforehand, so it's going to be cut off. Mm, okay. If it's well, a short one, it's a short one. You guys got anything else you want to talk about for Monster of the Week? Any random oh. D&D bullshit things to dive into? I bought a house. Oh, that's congrats. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. Is that D&D? I I'm rented gonna, an apartment. I'm, I'm going to make it. I mean, I'm, I'm having a kid, so I think I trump you there. Does Dude, it? no. <laughs> 775 on yeah. Detroit Shoreway totally beats your stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's a crazy deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being um, a jerk. I am going to. Three blocks away from some of the nicest coffee shops in the city. Come on, man. I have some some fairly large plans for my basement because I've got just enough of an area. It's like bigger than this corner i've got over here for D, so yeah. can increase the the nerdiness uh even further to be fun yeah that's probably the one thing i am excited about D related for the final house purchase is we can start really adding permanent structures right. to our D game seriously i don't <laughs> like know like you you see those tables on our D or whatever you're like wow i want to invest hard uh-huh. in like that. With, with the tv like built into it and, yeah, yeah but this is a two-year lease and i don't want to <laughs> move that out of the basement right so once you own a house it's like you know we can go hard on this stuff yep so i, I was kind of looking into tables and it looks like uh starting price is around three thousand dollars yeah or, um we build one chump change we built with for the tv in it yeah you can yeah. just build it and that's definitely much cheaper i'm talking about like the ones that are like the uh, oh the like raised legitimate edges. oh i've looked into those just like full-blown gaming tables uh-huh that that's very much a luxury good they they're nice <laughs> but goddamn are they expensive Kevin, Honestly, this is america it's my right to own a luxury gaming table. i don't really love the tvs in the table i keep wanting to. i can see us never using it that's exactly it like i feel like at the end of the day that takes more prep as a DM to look up now, like, 
these pre-made battle areas and it's like oh look you guys are next to a downed carriage and that's like kind of cool but i can draw that in two seconds uh well no you can't we just (laughs) we have accepted (laughs) that that scribble is a downed carriage right yeah i've taken to labeling stuff when we draw on the mat totally fine which is a squiggle and a right table and yeah right so now we're talking about adding like tons and tons of prep for i think very little reward uh, and I have to buy a TV that goes into my table. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's great if I want to eat and watch Frasier at the same time. <laughs> Frasier. Just pulls up Why do you need to look at the food you're eating? Like, what, I don't know. Is spaghetti that challenging? It's like, I can't keep my eyes well, off these meatballs that are going to get away. Well, no, I can but play. But this dry Frasier humor is also captivating. I can play some fun games, like make a little uh, toupee uh, oh, out of spaghetti and then wait for it to line up with Frasier's head. It'd be totally worth the cleanup. <laughs> so, like six no, if, legs. if I'm going to buy anything, I am definitely planning on buying one of those way overpriced $3,000 gaming tables. Um, but that's that's not a short-term purchase. No. That is something that it's like, I am planning on buying that later. I also need to buy a real dining room table. <laughs> or I just guess. add it to the mortgage, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean, know how that works. I'm not a responsible guy. That's, yeah. that starts I, to be, I can't justify those tables. Like, I, I've seriously considered, like, you know, I'm super into board game stuff as well as D&D. And I have the space and it's just, I cannot pull the trigger on it. It's okay. I'll do <laughs> it for so you. It's so much money for what it is. Here's the thing, though, Kevin. First person to buy it guarantees D&D night at their house every night so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just really marking my territory <laughs> like oh uh guys do you think you could come over uh, i can't move my three thousand dollar table kevin <laughs> and i'm not gonna put my cup on the battle mat <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, our personal news to yeah. fill out this bad multi-class <laughs> um i also know more things that i want to do to a D area lights is I think going to be something really cool that could potentially be really simple. They have a lot of simple LEDs that you can hang up, and I just like the idea of being able to press a button, and it's like, you know, we're... I don't know. I haven't thought this one fully out yet. But, like, yeah, it's red, and now we're in battle, and, you know, roll initiative, or we're in the underdark, so I'm going to make it purple lights, and little things like that I think could be cool, but I also worry that it's going to fall by the wayside after a week. Uh, we we... Oh, yeah. It takes us like an hour and a half to get the music on. It's like, shit, we've got the music. (laughs) And that's like a Chromecast on your phone, hit one button thing, and we still fuck it up. It said the Uh, lights, though, would be even easier if you set it up right. Like, just strips of LED lights. Yeah. Like, they they made, they're cheap now. I know. And when it just has like a little, like, thing on it, we press a button and changes the color. But does it add enough? Does it does, does it I feel mean, like that's like? I know. It's just like if cool. you get one of those nice tables, you always have lips on them, so just put it all along. Oh, that. so it lights up the battlefield. No, I was no, saying, yeah, no, or under just, the table, yeah, too. under the table, oh, so it would oh. just shine out. And I mean, you remember cool. uh, what I had on my uh, TV stand? Yeah, yeah, you had LED lights all. On I had the back. LED all on the back. I had it under my desk, and I just always it was always uh, cyan and pink, just because you know, vaporwave. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, so then after that, the next thing that I'd like is instead of trying to do all of our music through somebody who's really slow to find new stuff is curate some playlists from the tons of resources people have and then set it up so that I've got like a Google play mini or something. And that can be like, okay, Google play battle music. And then it just plays the playlist. Um, that oh, would be kind of nice. You yeah. set it up on my tablet. <laughs> <laughs> Machine I, learning, stop! <laughs> I set it off on my watch, too. Uh, but, uh... Having all mine locked. <laughs> so that's definitely the downside. I'll have to get an Alexa, because we all have Google stuff. <laughs> uh, but I hate those things, because they're always listening to you, and I don't want them to push D&D stuff towards me on ads even further. Do you actually not want that? That seems like a thing you'd want to see as you traverse the internet. Oh, it's like, oh, look, cool shit I don't need. Oh, yeah. On every website. So, yeah, those are the two big things. I guess three. Table, lights, sound. What else do we need? Oh, miniature storage. That's going to be a big thing. I've got a a mock-up right over there because Kyla and I are planning on making like a giant drawer of of miniatures because there's zero good miniature storage right now. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's awful. The weaves (laughs) who have like all the tiny figurines just buy those huge glass cases. I don't want to buy a glass case. That's really not good. Yeah, it's not for like getting into the case. It's mainly for just like, oh, look at all the Japanese anime figurines I own that I will never touch again. Well, they'll touch them. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. no. (laughs) We have such a healthier hobby, though. Yeah. 
<laughs> Look, man, I've never done weird stuff with my Frog Hemoth Mini. Which is an incredible mini. I very much encourage you buy it. It's like 10 bucks on eBay. Uh, it's not important. <laughs> uh, beyond that, just filling out the walls with more maps. We've got our one Faerun map. Uh, I've got my Waterdeep map over there. Uh, maybe an entire wall of a whiteboard that we never use anymore. Um, yeah, I got big plans. <laughs> All right. I think that's enough personal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to, to bore you. <laughs> I'm excited. Good. This week's monster is this, Sibriax, a terrible demon that seems to exist to just absorb as much knowledge as it can and transform people into other demons that there's really a lot to i'm not going to draw this intro out because there's just a lot to talk about here i want to kind of dive right into it um but yeah these things are terrible they're nasty they're scary and they they really kind of prey on some primal fears i feel um really could kind of build an entire campaign around them if if needed so, what are you guys' thoughts on the Cybriax? Uh, first thought is, this thing is horrifying. Uh, <laughs> it's it's picture, and again, it's in uh, Mordekainen's Tome of Foes, is just like a hunk of flesh and fur and faces and chains and blood. And drippiness. I don't... It's, it's everything that a demon should be. Uh, and that it's just a horrifying construct of disgustingness. Yeah, there's some semblance of a face, and it's twisted and evil and terrible. Oh, right, and... but I don't even feel like it was on purpose. <laughs> I feel like it like accidentally got a face. All right, is everybody ready to have a little bit of learning? Yeah. All right. Rivulet, a very small stream. In the description, rivulets of blood and bile cascade from the Sibriex's body. Ew. Ew. (laughs) And the picture uh, makes that very clear. And when the noxious fluids hit the ground, the landscape becomes polluted. They just kind of kill whatever they hover over. This seems like a bad guy from Captain Planet. (laughs) Which, um, (laughs) it's it's, uh, polluting the area is actually reflected in its stat block. Uh, It has contamination, which uh, not a lot of things have contamination, but it's a rather cool passive ability where it emits an aura of corruption 30 feet out in every direction. Uh, Plants that aren't creatures wither in the area, and the ground is difficult terrain for other creatures. Any creature that starts its turn in the aura must succeed on a DC 20 con saving throw or take 4d6 poison damage. Uh, Once you succeed on it, you're immune to this for 24 hours. I would assume the, yeah, it's still difficult terrain though, um, which just... Really, it's making things difficult to get up in this thing's face. Yeah, uh, right out the gate. This does not. Uh, this is one of the legendary uh, monsters that does not come with a layer. So that contamination is kind of like a layer light feature, a walking layer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and before we really dive into stat blocks, just kind of like the lore and history on them. Um, so they are demons. They do exist to just amass information from across the different planes. Uh, the horror knowledge, which the Depending on the Sibriex, some will use to help. They'll kind of act as advisors to demon lords and other powerful demons and stuff. Others will hoard the knowledge and try and curry favor for it. And then they also just craft more demons. I, I don't... I'm drawing a blank. I, lore-wise, I don't think this is the only way new demons come about. But no. it definitely seems like... No, it seems like they, they one, create yeah. a specific type of demon. Yeah. Uh, which is the Rudderkins and then as well as Abyssal the Wretches. Yeah. Um, which... I don't think they, there's like anything too specific about them. We do have the, the Rudderkin stat block as well, and some a little bit of lore on them. Um, but they're they're kind of like the minions of this thing. But it really just makes them to spread misfortune as demons do. Um, that's a big thing with demons is they're the definition of chaotic evil. They don't usually act for any particular reason, uh, just to kind of spread. Their grossness wherever they go. Chaos. Their their entire lot in life is to sow chaos. Right. They they want they come from the uh, the chaotic plane. I'm drawing a complete blank on the abyss. The abyss. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. The abyssal plane. <laughs> yeah, and and they're just trying to make everything like that. <sighs> How nice of them. Yeah. So the stat block. So it's yeah challenge rating 18, 19 armor class, 150 hit points. So that's pretty low actually. Um, 20 foot fly speed as a hover and that's it um 10 strength three decks 
But then that's where it kind of stops sounding crappy. Um, <laughs> 23 Constitution, 25 Intelligence, 24 Wisdom, 25 Charisma. All plus, the important saves, I'll say. Yeah, yeah saving throws for instant Charisma are 13. Uh, resistance to cold, fire, lightning, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical means, immune to being poisoned. That's true sight out to 120 feet and a passive perception of 23. It speaks all languages and has te- telepathy up to 120 feet. So, pretty crazy. Um, yeah, the contamination, we're just always on ability around it. It has innate spell casting of a spell save DC of 21, which is crazy high. And has at will, charm person, command, dispel magic, and hold monster. At will, hold monster. That's scary. Yeah. and that Three a day, feeble mind. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Three times a day, feeble mind. Um, even if your spellcaster succeeds that first one, uh, they're not long for this world. No. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can do it twice more. Not that they're going to help you because it's also got its legendary resistances and magic resistance. So there's no real easy way to just end this fight. Yeah. Legendary resistance, of course, being if it fails on a saving throw, it could just choose to succeed. It could do that three times a day. And magic resistance, it just has advantage on any saving throw for spells and other magical effects. Yeah. I'll say this thing, and we haven't even gotten to like damage it does and things of that nature, but... It feels like a challenge rating 18. Uh, yes. And that's, you know, going so far to say it only has 150 HP, uh, but it, it doesn't even feel like it needs it. You right. Know, just the amount of stuff it has to resist spells and just mess up people's days with contamination and its spells. It's just a lot to deal with. Um, and yeah. we haven't even gotten to its multi-attack yet. Yeah, it's multi-attack, so it uses its squirt bile and then makes three attacks with its chain, bite, or both. The chain and bite aren't anything too impressive. Plus six to hit, 15-foot range for the chain. Um, It does 2d12 plus 7 piercing damage. Yeah, that's solid, but level 7. Or challenge rating 18, it's not crazy. Right. Bite's similar, um, plus six to hit, 5-foot reach, 2d8 piercing damage, and 2d8 acid damage. So essentially 4d8 right so damage one the one of those by themselves really not too bad yeah all three so it makes three of those yeah of any combination of chain right so you can do three chain three bite whatever two two or two and one whatever and then in addition to that we'll always be able to do a squirt bile which is choose a creature of 120 feet and needs to make a dc 20 duck save otherwise it takes 10 d6 acid damage and that's really starting to get up there yeah so that's obviously its main source of damage yeah. The good thing as a PC is that if you succeed that DC 20 deck save, there's no half damage. So you can avoid the bulk of it by just being very dexterous. Um, it's kind of a silver lining, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, And then it could, um, the squirt bile, it could do it as a legendary action as well. Yeah. For one point. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna succeed it forever. Oof. Um, no, and it could also cast spells a legendary action, and then use its warp. And warp's where it gets fun. yes, warp's yeah, where warp it gets real fun. Warp creature, so it's a whole action for it. But again, it could also use it as a legendary action. It, it's really what sets this thing apart. This is where it forces somebody into becoming a demon. Not just somebody, three creatures. Three, yeah. yeah it affects three in one go. Yeah, three creatures and 120 feet DC 20 con save. On a success, though, the creature becomes immune to this. So that's, if you once one success and it shuts down for that. Yeah. On a fail, though, uh, the target is poisoned, which is disadvantage on almost everything, um, which causes it to also gain one level of exhaustion, which sucks and is scary. Well, poisoned in this way, the target must repeat the saving throw at the start of each of its turn. So now now you're trying to collect saves, sort of like death saves or like the uh, contagion spell. If you then get three successful saves against the poison, it ends. Um, removing all levels of exhaustion caused. Each failed, though, you get another level of exhaustion. Once the target reaches six, so if they get six fails of a DC 20 constitution saving throw before they collect three saves, essentially they they die and instantly transform into an abyssal wretch under the Sibriex's control. Uh, The transformation of the body can only be undone by a wish spell. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to drop to zero on this thing. Um, well well, at least not under the warp creature Um, yeah well it sounds like you have to die from hitting six levels of exhaustion yeah that's actually interesting what if you are uh poison and you die but you don't hit the six levels of exhaustion 
Do you instantly turn into this thing? Do you still make the saves I mean, while you're doing the death saves? Once the target reaches six levels of exhaustion, it dies and instantly transforms into a living abyssal wretch. Well, is if you're still alive, as in you've got death saves to yeah. make, you're probably going to have to still make these saves. Yeah. With if you die, die with it. I mean, that's a dark way to deal with it. <laughs> like, I don't want to waste a wish spell. Stab him in the head. Fuck it. We'll deal with it in a minute. Ugh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, then you can resurrect, yeah. So that's already that I mean that's scary. If you don't save a couple of times after that first one, you're you're effed. You're very effed. Um but what makes it really fun and what sets it apart on top of the set apart <laughs> is its variant flesh warping. Yeah. Uh so when this warp creature ability happens, you have the ability to roll as as a DM. You have the ability to roll on a uh, a table that is laid out for you, and something odd happens to the person affected by it. So through this, we get a fun table of a D one hundred where something just happens. Uh, for example, you know, something, something really simple, like one to five, the color of the target's hair, eye, and skin become blue, red, yellow, or patterned, patterned. Oh, that's, that's so fun. That's, that's totally fine. Um, or the, the next one, uh, six to 10, the target's eyes push out of its head and at the end are stalks. Your eyes just shoot out on stalks. Okay. That's getting weird. Uh, and it gets progressively weirder. The target grows a whip-like tail, which it can now use as a whip. Uh, the target swells, tripling its weight. This goes on for a while. Uh, We've got a D100 table full of great, horrifying things to have. Right. And all of these things are actually reversible. Once you succeed uh, the flesh warp or the warp creature, these things reverse. Right. Which is great for absolutely horrifying your party. Because there's nothing scarier as a PC than somebody telling you that your arms are now, like, claw-like things, and you're like, is this ever going to go away? Is this permanent? What's happening? Your head doubles in size. Well, that's going to be terrible. I spent a lot of money on hats. (laughs) (laughs) 95 through 100 is you grow a second head. So think about that hat, Bill, bud. Advantage on saving throws against being charmed, frightened, or stuck. That's some, a good one. I like yeah, that. Yeah. I want a whip tail. Fuck that's off. that's the thing. It. Some of them are, I mean, kind of good. It's just, I mean, creepy as hell to have yeah. happen. And you, it'll happen a lot. It's based on that wording. Whenever a creature fails a saving throw yep. against their warp, so it, they're repeating the saving throw over and over and over again. The very first one, something happens. Yeah. The next time you fail, another thing happens where yeah, you, you roll on that again. Yeah. Um, I would assume they don't stack. I probably wouldn't let them stack. For example, your your weight triples. <laughs> I'm not going to let it uh, triple again. That's yeah. just silly. Your eyes can't grow stalks from the stalks. That's just silly. Just roll right. again. Um, <laughs> it's terrifying that you're thinking about it. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what really sets this thing apart. And it says variant, as in it's not entirely necessary. I'm it's making pretty it, necessary. Yeah, I'm making it necessary. <laughs> I mean, this thing That's, is yeah. supposed to be horrifying. Yeah, it, and it adds to it. I just know if you find these things, you could be transformed into a demon completely. Yeah, your ears yeah, can turn into wings. It's also, it, it's kind of <laughs> unlikely that your party is going to be turned into rudderkins. Right. But you're probably going to be facing rudderkins as you approach these mm-hmm. things. And this is a great way to flavor the rudderkins. Each one of them... Roll three times. Yep. Pick three effects. This is how they turned into a fleshed warped rudderkin. Yeah, totally agree. And to, yeah. to go more into that, the uh we kind of said this earlier, but the Sibrex Sibrex uh is usually creating these rudderkin and they're kind of just these gross humanoid flesh uh, mistakes <laughs> uh, <laughs> that uh do something else with their uh with their bite where if somebody dies, they immediately turn into an abyssal wretch as well. Um, they don't get all these weird things added on. Um, but as, as Will was just saying there, you can put that flesh warping variant on it to make your rudderkins very interesting in, in what you're fighting. So maybe one of these rudderkins has a whip tail. Uh, so now it's got reach basically. Uh, another one has a fly speed. Uh, it gives you a bunch of options. I mean, it's really all over the place. Uh, one of them can have dark vision. Another one can have two heads. All of these things that there's no reason not to add them to the rudderkin. And those things aren't 
easy by any means. Um, well, I guess in comparison to a challenge rating 18, they're pretty easy. Uh, but they're challenge rating 2, and they're expected to be in groups. Uh, especially their crippling fear is one of their abilities. When a creature that isn't a demon starts its turn within 30 feet of three or more Rudderkins, it must succeed on a DC 11 wisdom save. It has disadvantage on the save if there are six or more Rudderkins. Um, so that goes into explain what the crippling fear does a little bit more. But the point is, they're saying you should be fighting these things in hordes. And maybe you're fighting them on the way to this Sibrex. Uh, uh, it keeps getting harder to say every time. Right. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they're just they're terrifying in their own right. When you get bitten by them, there's the chance that if you die, you're just instantly transformed. So you can't go to zero at all. I guess that just there's says also if you die. You, this the, their fear also makes them restrained. Yeah. So you and can't if move. you've got six of them, you know, yeah. now with advantage on all their bite attacks. Yeah, you might be ready to fight a level uh, CR eighteen creature, but six times disadvantage or advantage bite attacks is kind of bad. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a lot and, of damage the, too. Um, yeah, it, it transforming you, the Rudderkin transforming you, it's if you hit zero, not if you die. If you hit zero hit points, you immediately die and are transformed. You are correct, thank you. If you're under that disease. Yeah, so you can't which hit is, zero, yeah. which is, like, as, I don't think we mentioned in this episode, but uh, another time was if you hit zero, a lot of times it's fairly easy to bounce back if there's mm-hmm. nothing preventing you, and you kind of just use it to, to yo-yo for a bit, but there's a lot of stuff in D&D that prevents that mentality. Um, as a DM, it can almost feel unfair to just throw something at you and say, Hey, like, you know, not even telling them beforehand, just you drop to zero and you're now an abyssal wretch and you're just dead. You know, you're, you're done. There's yeah. There's no coming back from this. Yeah. We Uh, can't just resurrect your corpse. It has to be a wish. Right. Right. But you know, there's, there's times where that's fitting. And if this is one of those times when you're going to fight a challenge rating 18 thing, I can't think of any other time there is for that. Um, My thought is always if you're a campaign where you're kind of worried about that, your parties are going to freak out because they don't like the idea of it. uh, Let them do some research beforehand. Have a wise mentor who's seen this terrible thing happen before. uh, So that way they know that there is no coming back once you hit zero. So and that also brings up uh, when, why, and where you'll see these things. Right. The art makes it very clear that they are kind a of... A wild encounter? Random one? <laughs> yeah, they just wander <laughs> around the place. No, they're, they're literally chained to the floor in this right. particular incarnation. Artistically speaking, that means they're slow. They're not going to move very far. No. You're probably going to be coming to them. Maybe on good terms, maybe on bad terms. I mean, there's no reason you could not interact with this in a... Uh, quid pro quo kind of way no it's true because it does say that it it hoards knowledge and usually uses it for its advantage to its advantage so maybe this is a time when you need information and you're doing this thing a favor uh i wouldn't want to work with this thing i wouldn't either and i don't think your party will either especially when they see it you know but that might be the campaign hook you might have to get along with this thing that is literally oozing blood on you right but yeah, as far as fighting it, it it's going to be a deliberate thing. I think your party's going to know what's going into it. One thing to note is it's a theoretically very cheesable encounter if you're not careful. Okay, how? It's slower than hell, and mm-hmm. it can't do anything past 150 feet. And the only thing it can do past 150 feet is feeble mind. If you've got a bow, for instance, this fight's ruined. <laughs> I guess. I so feel you like... got to make sure that you have like a winding uh, labyrinthine tunnel to ensure that you can't get an open shot on this from outside his own range. Okay, that's That's fair. just like one DM piece of advice. This thing should be in a semi-small cavern and there should not be a straight shot because I could cheese this thing with a longbow from level seven as a fighter maybe. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, like the acid splash against the Tarasque thing, you know? I think that's where, <laughs> where Rudderkins really come in, though, yeah. is being like having these minions to force you deeper and deeper into the cave as they continue to push you back. Um, you know, you can send any amount you really want uh, to, to mess up their day. But yeah, I think a winding tunnel into a semi-small room makes this encounter. That's like required for this encounter. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'll give you that. Because, yeah, we were talking about it. It's, uh, it's got, what, 150 health? You said it doesn't really need that. It does need that if it can't do stuff to people. So get your party right up into them, and you can do a lot of fun damage. And 
Feeble Mind is hilarious and will just ruin your casters. <laughs> if you've got casters you're upset with, Feeble Mind is always worth it. I feel bad. Does Greater Restoration bring them back? Yeah, probably. Okay, I so, think so yeah. you know, all those That's characters expensive. who have who have Greater Restoration. Oh, Feeble Minded them too. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, bud. There goes your paladin. Oh, well, your cleric's coming. Don't worry. Heal up. Be Feeble Minded too. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, greater uh, restoration healer wish, and also after thirty days you could repeat repeat the same thing. <laughs> great, great. Yeah. I'll just post up in a motel down here in the abyss. <laughs> so the uh, another thing with the variant flesh warping is it's saying that a creature could willingly submit to it, and it takes an hour, mm-hmm. and then you know, it does its flesh warping on it, and whatever effect it has becomes permanent. Right, or you could also choose one if you want uh so big thing with demons are cultists and this thing is definitely going to have cultists following it so you have its layer filled with these human humanoid cultists right which that have willingly given in to this flesh warping yeah that's gonna be kind of gross and fucked up yeah it just has so many cool things that you can do for it that just i mean it's it's an entire table of interesting variants to its cultists to its rudderkins to the abyssal wretches um, you know, if this is something that you see early on in a campaign and realize that it's way too strong, then you can throw these, like a, a couple of the, uh, Rudderkins and the Abyssal Wretches at a party. Uh, Abyssal Wretches are like the, the things that usually come from the dead corpses. Very easy. They're one fourth challenge rating, AC of 11, HP of 18. They're they hit hard though. You guys fought some of those early on and out of the Abyss. 1d8 plus 1. 1d8 plus 1. It's not that much. The as far as uh minimal challenge ratings, this is not one of them. There's plenty of things in these realms that are like less than ten hit points, one d four minus one kind of things. This guy, these guys actually could be really annoying. Okay, that's if fair. you've got ten of them, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and yeah, and I think because of that, you know, it, it lets you uh kind of throw these things in in varying amounts depending on what level your party's at. I could see a group of level threes having a really hard time with a couple of abyssal wretches and a rudderkin or a cultist and a couple of rudderkin. So you've got your cultist spellcaster who's got these weird variants on them uh, with rudderkins who have these weird variants on them. And maybe you don't ever really show your your party the uh, the Sibrex unless oh, it's in in creepy ways. Guys, what's up? Kevin, you mentioned that you can uh, submit to this flesh warping. Mm-hmm. 41 through 45. We are going to be uh, kind of going in the same region that a Sibriax might be. I could use plus one AC. <laughs> oh my What's God. What's the... I don't have it up. Yeah, it's, the target uh, skin becomes scabby, granting it a plus one bonus to AC, but reducing the charisma by two. Yeah, I don't really care about my charisma. I'm a cleric, but 23 yeah. AC, <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty hard to pass up. I like that. This, uh, these are yeah. good rewards for your party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally not screwed up at all. Right. By the way, you guys fought mains, not abyssal wretches. I got it mixed up. Oh, those mains. guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't know them. There's a lot of, like, bottom-of-the-barrel demons and devils that are just, like, gross lumps. <laughs> it's like they just come from just wherever. and Varying just... levels of lumps. Yeah, it's a great uh, I it's a great way to visualize what happens if you're like a really shitty person and dies like oh you get to be that lump for like 200 years. It's so yeah. much better than modern day religion. Right? Like, I want to be a Lemire, demon or a yeah. devil. Lemures. Oh yeah, yeah. you're just, we talked about them yeah. a couple episodes ago. It's like oh if you're an you're evil person you have to join the legions of the devil army forever and it's like you can't prove that. And it's like no, I super can. <laughs> we I can just super went prove there, that. man. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> Yeah, I like these guys. These are fun. For sure. And again, I think you've got uh, challenges at a lot of different levels with the lore that it offers. The actual thing itself is going to be a tough fight. A very, very tough fight that I almost worry you could cheese as a DM a little too easily. Mm-hmm. Feeble-minding everybody, using that uh, spray bile. Because again, casting a spell for it is a legendary action. It can get all three feeble minds off in three PC turns. But remember, yeah. feeble mind only affects casters in combat. To an extent, I, yeah, oh no, 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 I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Because feeble mind, you become dumb, but you do. I mean, you're if you're a barbarian, if you're mm-hmm. a fighter, if you don't have Rogue. any spells, it doesn't matter. But like a paladin, paladin, 
That's their do smites aren't spells. Smites aren't spells. Okay, paladins are fine. <laughs> so, but yeah. they're the ones with greater restoration. Well, or the cleric. Who's or the cleric? No, people minded. So yeah, there's a lot of fun to have. Sorry, I've got an all druid party. <laughs> so yeah, you lose. Hmm. I like that it has just uh, flavor wise Arcana plus thirteen, history plus thirteen. Let's you know that it's a lot smarter than everybody around. Right. It, this is one of the few chaotic evil things that you can probably work with. Uh, oh, like actually ha- can have goals. Yeah. Right. This thing is not dumb. This thing will not just immediately blindly attack the party. They can offer it something. They can bribe it for forbidden knowledge. But it's still grosser than hell. <laughs> it's kind of like witches, actually. Uh, hags. Yeah. Hags, yeah. Don't call them witches. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is like an ultra hag. It's grosser than they could ever possibly be and with similar motivations. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Yeah. Anything else? Yes. No. That's what I got. All right. We'll wrap it up here. Thanks yep. for listening. Thanks. Next week on Monsters Multiplex. Join us next week as we discuss the Barbarian Bard and the Hobgoblins from a lot of things. They got a chapter at some point, too. So, I don't know. I didn't look it up. Nobody's listening.